0: From W-O-U-B News, you're listening to The Outlet, where campus meets community. I'm Kayla McCleskey. Each week on The Outlet, we bring you stories from Southeast Ohio. This week on The Outlet, an Athens landmark gets a new lease on life.
1: In a time where we're tearing down a lot of these old buildings, in a time where we're erasing history, we're preserving history, local history right here in Athens, Ohio.
0: and. Ohio University football deals with adversity in the heart of its Mid-American Conference schedule. These stories and more, right here on The Outlet. Major renovations are officially underway at the Athens Armory. Outlet reporter Jack Green speaks with some people who put this project in motion.
1: Lined up in a row, state and city leaders come together to break the first block in a new chapter for the Athens Armory. Dozens of people celebrated the armory's past while making plans for its future. Ohio House Representative Jay Edwards says it's important to save the 111-year-old building. In a time where we're tearing down a lot of these old buildings, in a time where we're erasing history, we're preserving history, local history, right here in Athens, Ohio. The $4.5 million project has been one of Athens Mayor Steve Patterson's top priorities and says he is excited to see the renovations begin after years of trying to secure funds.
2: It's exciting in so many different ways um, when I look at, at how far we have come I I wish I could say in a short period of time.
1: He says the upgrades are vital because the building is a staple of the city.
2: The demolishing of the building was was a a non-starter in my mind. This is something that needs to be kept in the public trust.
1: In an attempt to save the building, Patterson and other city officials worked with the Ohio Legislature and Governor's Office to get the grants needed for upgrades. Now, the building is turning into a new co-working space and community event center and plans to help attract individuals moving to Ohio for new manufacturing jobs to settle in southeast Ohio. Edwards says he is hoping to bring life back to the building. I think the future of this building, I look at it as a community space. It's going to bring the community together. The same thing it was doing many, many years ago. I picture the community coming together, having events here, thrift stores, bingo, all sorts of other stuff of bringing the community together. And, and uh, that's what's special about Southeast Ohio. And it's not just the armory. Edwards and Lieutenant Governor John Husted say there is more money going toward restoring historic buildings across Southeast Ohio.
2: $2 million is focused on this building, but there will be $500 million deployed for projects like this all across
1: those 32 Appalachian counties. Celebrating the old and bringing in the new. Reporting for the Outlet, I'm Jack Green in Athens.
0: Harshita Singhanya, a reporter for The Post, high University's independent student-run newspaper, Recently reported on the inclusive changes being made to the playground at Alexander's Elementary School. So why did this project start Saharshita?
3: So Lisa Vigal and Anna Corpi sent their children to Alexander Elementary School. Their children have their children have disabilities. Vigal's nine-year-old daughter, Emma, was born with congenital neuromuscular disease caused by a gene mutation that affects her nerves and muscles. She's in a wheelchair. Vigal complained about feeling isolated during playtime in school because the playground is not wheelchair-friendly. She would sit along the side and watch other children play. Corpi also noticed that there was a widening gap between children who are able-bodied and disabled children, and they approached Vice Principal Richard Mesquil in 2021 to make a change. This project not only aims to make an inclusive playground for children with physical disabilities, but also with invisible disabilities.
0: And for this project, there are four phases that have to be done. What are those four phases and what is each part supposed to achieve?
3: You're right, there are four phases to this project. P-L-A-Y, play. The project is currently in phase P. Phase B involves replacing the large and inaccessible play structure with an inclusive play structure that has ramps for playground area one. Phase L will work on playground area two and will include the installation of freestanding equipment that is accessible to all and provides motion and sensory input. Phase A will look at removing mulch. Although it's ADA compliant, it causes many mobility challenges for wheelchair and crutch users. This will be replaced with poured in place rubber surfacing so all kids can can access all parts of the playground. Finally, phase Y covers area three, which is in the front of the school, which children through pre grades through pre K and kindergarten use. Renovating the small playground with poured in place rubber surfacing and installing a play structure with ramps and accessible ground equipment. For phase P, The phase that they're currently fundraising for, they've raised nearly sixty thousand and need to meet their goal of one goal of one hundred thousand dollars by Thanksgiving. If this goal is not met, this phase is going to end up costing them two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. This is because of a limited time deal that they've managed to acquire from the playground company.
0: And then if there are any people curious about where to donate for this project, where can they go to give their donations?
3: Vigal and Corpi emphasized the importance of all people being able to donate whatever they can, whether it's a dollar or more. A- any donation means a lot to them. Interested people can visit their website to donate. AlexanderInclusivePlayground.org. They accept one more PayPal, credit cards and checks. Their website has a more in-depth explanation of their plans and goals along with photos.
0: That was Harshita Singhanya from The Post. This segment is a part of a collaboration between Ohio University's longest-running independent student-run newspaper and WOUB Public Media. The reporting was done by The Post and the audio is brought to you by the production team at WOUB. To read Harshita Singhanya's full story, visit the postathens.com/specialprojects. Warmer temperatures and rain are approaching southeast Ohio. WOUB lead forecaster Emily Dietz joins us to talk about how this weather affects fall festivities. Good to have you back, Emily. And we are now really starting to experience the fall weather. The leaves are actually changing down here in Athens. And with that fall weather, what do you think your like favorite temperature of fall weather is?
4: Yeah, thanks for having me back. Um, yeah, I absolutely love watching the leaves change. I was actually driving through Vinton County the other day, and the trees were gorgeous. But I have to say, kind of what we have going on outside is my favorite fall weather, where it's kind of chilly enough that you need a jacket, maybe some sweatpants or anything. But just chilly enough that like there's a little nip in the air, and the leaves are changing. And you get like some of the crunchy leaves on the ground that you step on. Uh, walking to class, that was always my favorite thing as a kid, walking back from school from the school bus stop. It was just like, crunching them all and. Yeah, I think this is definitely my favorite weather because the colors are just gorgeous outside. And it's not overly freezing where you're like miserable, but it's a good like cup of hot chocolate will just warm you up. But I don't know about you. What do you think about this weather?
0: Uh, I think if it was maybe like a tad bit colder to where, at least for me, I have to make like a eight minute walk to my classes. So like, if it's just cold enough to where I don't start like warming up. And I can wear like a sweatshirt and a pants on like I got on right now. But yeah, the leaves are really are something else. And I think that we're in the stage now where there are a lot more, not just like brighter yellows, early oranges, but you got like the darker oranges. I've been seeing a whole lot of reds these past few days.
4: Yeah, for sure. Me too. I mean, even just walking up to here, I was like, oh my gosh, this is like such a gorgeous red. And I think the clouds actually really help bring out the colors more because when the sun's out, you know, you're kind of squinting and it kind of washes everything out. But with the clouds, I mean, they even say that cloudy weather is better for photographs anyway, because it doesn't wash everything out. So I think that really helps like make the leaves pop because you've got the sort of gray gloomy sky. And then you just have all these bright oranges, bright reds, and it's absolutely gorgeous outside.
0: Yeah, and then speaking of clouds, we've actually had a lot of cloudy weather these past few days, along with some rain. What can you kind of tell us about that and why this is happening right now?
4: Yeah, for sure. So last weekend, it was actually very similar to homecoming weekend, where we had a little bit of a warm front move through. And with that warm front, it made the air more able to hold more moisture, pretty much. And so when the air is able to hold more moisture... And then you have this cold front move through that cold air or that cold temperatures, cool down the air to condensation level. And so that produces these clouds and then the clouds get too heavy and they produce precipitation. So we had this low pressure system sort of sweeping across uh, the central Great Plains area just to north to the north of us in the Great Lakes area with a warm front. First, that warmed everything up, kind of allowed for more moisture to be held in the air. And then we had this cold front that moved right behind it. Uh, causing these clouds to form and all this precipitation and now these clouds are kind of hanging out for a while um, just based on some circulation that we've seen in the atmosphere so it's kind of pulling the clouds back into our area which is why we're seeing so much cloudy weather recently and uh, luckily we'll be seeing that kind of clear up a little bit here this coming week which I'm looking forward to seeing at least a little pop of sunshine before we go back into the gloomy weather uh, upcoming for this weekend.
0: Yeah, I mean, I am not looking forward to where I look outside my window and there's just that little bit of like frost on the grass and I'm just like, man, I got to start getting my winter coat out again and well, actually maybe this might happen, but we are actually going to be seeing a well, another unexpected few days of warmer weather. So Key kind of us about that as well.
4: Yeah. So before we get to that warmer weather, we're actually going to see, well, I guess we will be seeing some warm weather uh, starting around Thursday. So we're going to have a very similar situation to last weekend and weekend before. Uh, it's kind of crazy these patterns going on, but another low pressure system with, again, that warm front. In front of it and what that's going to do is that warm air is going to be pulled up sort of from the gulf a little bit so that's going to kind of help it and then it's going to be holding that moisture that's been pulled in uh, sort of from the pacific and that's going to allow for that uh, condensation to happen those uh, clouds to form and then right behind it that cold front so thursday we're looking at a bit of a warmer day the upper 60s but then on friday as that cold front moves through we're going to see unfortunately more cloudy weather and it looks like a rainy friday into saturday morning as well so make sure you have your umbrellas your jackets out because we're going to be back down at least into the upper 50s so not as cold as we've been seeing but then just a little tease for next week uh, we're going to be seeing some high pressure actually down sort of the south and since that high pressure spins clockwise in the northern hemisphere whereas low pressure spins counterclockwise high pressure clockwise rotation is going to be pulling a lot of warm air up from the south so we're actually going to be seeing a bit of a temperature increase uh going on into next week so i know trick-or-treat is coming up and so it'll be nice because i remember i always had to wear a jacket as a kid over top of my costume i absolutely hated it and so hopefully this year those kids out there trick-or-treating uh won't have to cover up their costumes with any jackets
0: Ohio University football has a chance to bounce back this weekend after its first in-conference loss of the season. Sports director Aiden Crowley breaks down how this loss can impact the team's MAC title chances. So Aiden, there was a lot of ups and downs over this weekend for all of Ohio University fall sports, but today we're going to start with football, which is some unfortunate news for us students here at the university, so... Break it down for us, Aiden.
2: Yeah, absolutely, Caleb. Not the result that they wanted, like you mentioned, going down against Northern Illinois. That game, twenty-three to thirteen, in favor of the Huskies. This was a tough game for the Bobcats. I just think on paper, in terms of the way the two teams match up, Northern Illinois really physical at the line, uh, and I felt like the Bobcats handled that pretty well on the defensive side of the ball. They just gave up two big plays. Both of Northern Illinois' touchdowns were. 50 plus yard touchdowns, just breakdowns in the defense that is uncharacteristic for them. And unfortunately, it came back to bite them in this one. And Curtis Rourke, again, an uncharacteristic game. That was the message that I really got from Tim Albin. He didn't want to take anything away from what Northern Illinois did, but he understood that these are mistakes that his team doesn't typically make which is normally a positive for a coach because he knows that they can get those kinks out in practice, and they'll come back ready to play Saturday. But like I mentioned, Rourke, the three interceptions, you just can't have that, especially in a tight ball game down the stretch. All three came in the second half, and Caleb, it was pretty much a tale of the two halves because going into the locker room, the Bobcats were actually leading this contest 13-7. to It felt like they were in control again, but it all kind of fell apart in the second half, and so that was the major difference, but it at the end of the day, it doesn't change the trajectory of this football team. They're still in control of their own destiny. They can still win out. They can still win the Mac East championship or Mac East crown, excuse me. So that is the focus for coach Alvin, getting his guys regrouped and ready for Western Michigan on Saturday.
0: Yeah. And then heading into soccer now, are we starting to see a pattern with the soccer team, Aiden, or am I just going crazy?
2: You're not going crazy. I thought I was going crazy, too, because three straight ties for Aaron Rodgers and his squad and it's kind of going up in increments right now because the past two ties have been one-to-one. And unfortunately, on Sunday, it was a two-to-two tie against Ball State. And some bright spots for the Bobcats. It's the third time this season they were able to score two or more goals. So that's something that you can take away. But unfortunately for them, in a, in a game where they're able to net two goals, and typically you can rely on that defense defense. They just couldn't on Sunday. They gave up two goals as well, and that leads them to a tie. We mentioned how their schedule kind of softened up on the back half of this stretch, and right now the Bobcats really aren't taking advantage of that right now. Obviously, they're getting points with the ties, but right now they really need to be searching for three points if they want to make a push for the playoffs, and so in their games coming up, they really need to find a way to finish the job. Obviously, the offense has been struggling this season, finding a way to get back Get into the back of the net, and then when they're able to do that, the defense has to carry their weight as well. Right now, it feels like neither side has really been clicking at the same time.
0: Yeah, and then heading into volleyball now, I heard that we had a split over the weekend. What can you tell us about that?
2: Yeah, they went over to the convo and took on the Bowling Green Falcons, and they split that game, like you mentioned, and it was a mirror match almost. They won Friday's contest three to one. They lost. Saturday's contest one to three Um, and in that Saturday contest I know Jeff Carlson was playing a lot of younger pieces in that match and he was trying to get a couple different looks in there for these Bobcats and that might have played a a factor into the loss um, unfortunately for them and still even with the loss they were able to take some positives out of it. Cam Hunt freshman led the Bobcats in kills on Saturday with 11. Uh, She's someone who stepped up for Coach Carlson and he mentioned her post game with just how well she 's played, and again, they're another team kind of in the middle of the pack right now in the Mac and they're looking to make that push and they got a big weekend series in the Battle of the bricks uh, against Miami, so they're looking to kind of get some momentum, watch some film coach Carlson said that's going to be the big thing for him is watching film and trying to get his team ready to string some wins together and it starts in Oxford in hostile territory in a rivalry game I mean what more could you ask for right um, so we'll see how they fare
0: that's all we have for you this week thanks for joining us the outlet is produced each week by me Kayla McCleskey we're edited by Teach Baidia Aaron Payne and David Forster Adam Rich is our technical assistant and our theme music is performed by Ryan Gabos enjoy our show tell a friend to give us a listen They can subscribe to the outlet on SoundCloud or Spotify, as well as Apple Podcasts, or find us online at woub.org. They can also follow us on Twitter at outlet underscore woub and Instagram at newswatch underscore woub. We'll be back next week with more stories from Southeast Ohio.